our field teams look at the, you know, they look at these as tools. Um, it's, it's no different than any of the other tools that they have mm-hmm. on site. But the guys that are out there busting it on the site and the weather and the cold, you know, day in, day out, that's really where uh, we make the impact, the greatest impact on their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Just talking with a lot of our superintendents, they see that it's making not only their life a little bit better, but it's making the project better. And if it made that that example um, a little bit better, that you know is, is something they want to strive for. Welcome back to Built Different, a podcast and community choosing to approach innovation differently. I'm Grant Hagen. I'm Brian Vizzaretta. And we're on a mission to rewrite the narrative around what innovation truly means. Last season, we did 12 episodes more focused on the field. And this season, we packed up our gear, joining teams in site trailers, offices, and even a few podcast studios, where we focused on the executive level and how innovation is making an impact within their organizations. New this season, we're introducing live streams to invite you to join the conversation. Also, we want to equip you by providing show recaps from each episode in our new Built Different download. Join us August 7th as we continue this journey together. Think different, be different, and build different. Well, welcome back to the Built Different podcast powered by Drone Point Instruction Site. I'm joined with Mr. Brian Vizzaretta today and a couple of our friends from Choke Construction. Thank you all for coming in with us. Yeah, happy to be here. Coming yeah, in, thanks for having us. I should say, you guys are hosting us. We, we are yeah. invading your office space. If, if you're not uh, watching us uh, and you're only listening, uh, we are actually in Choate's office here in Atlanta. So thank you guys for for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, this is super fun. We took over their VDC room. And so uh, if you're not watching, we have all these projects in the background, aerial uh, videos of projects, logistics plans, and of course, some great uh, final project uh, photos here too. So this is, this is honestly better than <laughs> Brian and I's home setups for a podcast setup. So uh, thank you all for having us. So uh, one, would love for you guys to introduce yourself a little bit uh, to the audience here, and then we're going to get into some really good stuff just around technology, implementation, and what it looks like from your guys' role specifically, and we'll get into some stuff uh, with you guys here at Choke. But uh, Todd, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Todd Barrett, I'm director of VDC here at Choke. Uh, been with Choke for, gosh, going on. I just had my 13-year anniversary, which is crazy. Um, background is in design. I'm an architect by training. Um, came over to the GC side when I came to Choate and never turned back. So, um, yeah. So head up all the, really the innovation, um, all of our BIM, VDC, field technology, um, and, and more so over the last couple of years, really been focusing on the strategy, training, implementation, and adoption kind of side of it. Love it. David? Yeah. So my name is David Talley. I'm an assistant project manager here with Choate. Uh, been here now for about four years, uh, really roundabout pathway the way I got into construction. So I uh, was a dietitian for about 12 years. Oh, wow. Um, wanted a little bit of a change. So went back to school, got construction management degree, and then have been here with Choate since I finished up. So. Okay. And are, are both of you guys from Atlanta? I, I, sh- I should have asked that at the beginning. Um, I mean, yeah, roundabout, but yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Tell us a little bit about Choate, too, for folks that are tuning in and maybe aren't in the Southeast and haven't heard of you guys. Uh, give us a little background of, of Yeah, Choate. yeah, sure. So Choate, uh, we're obviously general contractor, commercial construction, all commercial construction, um, very diverse prof, uh, project types, uh, six offices, um, about $1.6 in construction last year. Um, and uh, we're an ESOP. We became an ESOP. Now what seven? I think we're on our four. I was joined. Year seven, mm-hmm. uh, which was a big change for us. Yeah. you know, culturally, hundred um, percent uh, employee owned, which is which is awesome. ESOP um, for folks that don't know, give, uh, give us em- that. <laughs> too many <laughs> acronyms in construction. Yeah, <laughs> employee stock owner program or ownership program. Uh, so basically, all of us. Yeah, I know there's not. We do have a CEO and all those kind of you know the executives, but uh, each of us is an employee owner. Um, gets you know shares in the company and uh, driving the profitability and the success. So uh, kind of a big cultural thing for us here. Um, so yeah, you know, lots of different project types. I'm not sure what else to, to really say. Um, and, and I guess tell us a little bit about uh, how you got to the roles in which you're in now. So David, obviously a project manager or assistant project manager and Todd, a little bit of kind of your role as well. Like give us a little bit of a story of how you got into the roles that you're in now. Yeah, so when I was wrapping up school, um, I ended up joining Chote as an intern. Okay. Um, is where I kind of started with the company. Um, was an intern for about a semester while I was there. Uh, 
came in as a project engineer uh, is what I came in and have worked my way up to an assistant project manager over the time that I've been here. And what projects have you kind of been on in the tenure that you've been here? Uh, so I've done a couple of projects down at Chick-fil-A headquarters. Um, I've done child care center, done parking deck. Uh, I've been on a couple of Amazon projects, everything from a last mile distribution center to a sortation facility, uh, and now currently working on Cottrell Trailers, which is a trailer manufacturing facility. Uh, rather large project. We're currently clearing out about 110 acres oh, wow. uh, to put in over a 500,000 square uh, foot manufacturing facility. So you can thank David for all the way back in the Chick-fil-A days of <laughs> <laughs> the folks that are enjoying uh, all, all the great uh, chicken from them. A Atlanta is home to Chick-fil-A for those that uh, don't know that. So Todd, oh, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how did you kind of land in the role that you're in? And Yeah, so I, I really was brought here um, because I knew BIM, I knew Revit, I knew, you know, that side of it from being on the production side and design um, and was just kind of a, a nerd in general, was really interested in kind of where, um, you know, I, I remember reading an article when I was, I think it was, gosh, back in 2004, 2005, uh, right after, you know, BIM was coming on the scene on the design side and it was like, there's this future for a, a BIM manager, you know, mm -hmm. kind of role and uh, kind of was always intrigued by that. So really just kind of picked up, became like the, the person who implemented that. And then when I came to Choate, I was literally the BIM guy. Like mm. I'd ride up in the elevator and be like, oh yeah, you're the BIM guy, right? Um, and so, you know, it took a little bit of time to kind of get, uh, kind of get our bearings and kind of say, well, what are we really trying to kind of achieve here? Um, and so, um, you know, worked on projects, was, the, was really the main coordinator in Atlanta. And then we started picking up some other coordinators in the other offices mm -hmm. and things. But so my role kind of changed except probably over the last couple, two to three years um, as I moved more onto the corporate side and then started overseeing kind of the managers in each office. Yeah, I, I love the BIM guy. That's a turning point in a company. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. when the company stops saying BIM guy and goes to like VDC manager, but you know, no matter who you are at a certain level, you, you are the BIM guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like you, uh, I was not the BIM guy at uh, at the company I came from, but I, I I know the BIM guy, and it's <laughs> funny. Everyone kind of is like a one one place re, uh, removed from the BIM guy uh, yeah. in some of those roles. So uh, awesome. Well, one thing we we really wanted to get into and talk about with you guys is so one I, I love just kind of the diversity of your guys's roles, right? So on a project. Uh, use technology, see uh, its benefits and the values that it brings to you. And Todd, obviously, like coming up and really helping push this narrative forward of, hey, this isn't just a toy. This isn't just something that we're trying to add on. Like, hey, this is like helping you in the roles that you're in. I, I want to get into a little bit of your guys' um, just kind of how you've gotten to the point that you're at now with that kind of being the culture of Choate, right? So a lot of the folks that tune in and listen with us are really interested of how do I do that at my company? How do I, how do I take it from this idea of a nice to have to like, hey, now people are asking like, hey, what do I need? How do I do this? What are the other things that are on the horizon? And, and you know, Todd, you were tapped on the shoulder to come on here. One, because of, I think, your your vision of what you've done to get choked to this point and not having it just be like, oh, this is nice to have. I'd, yeah, maybe we do this stuff on the side. Like, no, like you guys, I mean, I'm looking up at these screens. I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but like, this is real world stuff. This isn't just mm -hmm. stuff you put in interviews and things like that. So I would love to get a little bit of your guys' background. Maybe start kind of with you, Todd, of just your vision around how that's shifted in the mindset of not only folks at the executive level, kind of with what you're doing, and then also down to the project level too, David, with some of the stuff you're doing too. And would, yeah, love to kind of camp there and start. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, thinking back, you know, to, to 2010 when I started here, and was brought on um, and kind of trying to understand what the what the role was, what we were trying to get to. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, goes all the way back to Miller Choate. Um, you know, our, our then at the time CEO, now retired, um, you know, he had the vision and said, you know, he was always a big technology proponent, said, you know, we need to be doing this. This is how we're going to build in the future. Um, and so it just really was having that support from the top. That would be one of the biggest pieces of advice I could say that I hear from lots of different VDC managers and other, you know, smaller GCs or up and coming that are starting to get in this mm -hmm. is just having that buy-in is huge. You really have to have the buy-in um, at all levels. Um, uh, and, and, you know, and it can be tougher, you know, when you start getting out in the field and, and trying to show guys, you know, how this is going to make their life a little bit better. 
And so that's been the big, the big thing for us is understanding what's it look like from the field's perspective and, and also understanding, you know, what's at stake uh, for the company, you know, and, and what are the benefits and the, and the ROIs and the value that, that this brings to not just our projects and our project teams, but really our clients. Um, and so I've reported to several different people as I've kind of come up through the ranks from our COO to our COA to our, now I report to our, our, our CEO, our current COO. Um, and the question I always get when I go to them with ideas or initiatives is, okay, what's the value? We, you know, what is this going to do to make our projects better for our clients and for our project teams? Um, and so it's not just the cool new shiny toy. Um, and so that's the other thing I'd say is focus not just on finding, there's so many great technologies out there that's emerging so quickly, you can't possibly keep up with it, number one. Um, but if you do, like, I would say start with the user, start with the end in mind, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty popular uh, term there. <laughs> start with the end in mind, go talk to the folks that are out there, um, what are their pain points, you know, and then go and find the tool sets that fit. And that kind of, we did that about five, six years ago, we flipped it on its head and said, mm -hmm. you know what, we're finding these cool tools, tools and toys and, and we're trying to figure out how do we shoehorn these into our operations or how do we shoehorn mm -hmm. these into our, our current uh, processes. And it would kind of stick here and kind of get some traction there. But when we started really hearing about where those pain points were, that's when we said, oh man, we need to be listening to these guys. We need to be listening to these uh, folks that are there uh, to make their life a little bit easier and a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, so, um, so that's been big for us uh, as well. Um, so. I'm curious, that conversation, what is the value that it brings, right? Like, was that always the question from kind of who you reported to in that kind of executive C-suite level? Like, what questions are they asking that you are finding yourself having to give good, like, responses to? Yeah, you know, obviously, the one that always comes up first is, what's the cost? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, but as we started talking more about that, it was, and it wasn't so much like, well, what's the actual cost? It's, it's what is the what is the payback for us? You know, what is the value? It's like, is it going to save time? You know, is this going to um, help our guys get a couple hours back each week or an hour back each week that maybe they don't have to be on the site mm -hmm. as late or maybe they can do something, um, you know, easier uh, or faster or even safer. That's a, a, a huge thing for us here, obviously, with our One Life program that we have for, around safety was what are these tools that we can use that are going to keep guys out of harm's way? So, um so a lot of times that that's it. It's it's you know uh, understanding uh, what is that value proposition there. Yeah, it's yeah. funny more and more. I mean, the more we've been talking about the quality of life has really be, been oh, yeah. brought up a lot more, right? Because you know field teams, if if you know it's a game of inches, you save an hour, you you save an hour every week over a fifty-two week period. You know that's that adds up, and it's not just the hour you saved, but like the mental stress and then the time of where you could have left that site that day. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to hear more about, you know, how technology has kind of played a role on quality of life from your standpoint, like what type of information has it kind of allowed you to be open to and, you know, even reduce some time that you've had to do other things. Yeah. So, I mean, quality of life, obviously, you know, it, the technology that we use allows us to be able to gain information that is useful down the end. Right. So we do a lot of laser scanning, uh, one of the first projects that I was on, we actually were doing some. Um, and it's just having that information to be able to go back and verify whether it's an embed being in the right place or it's rebar tied the way that it's supposed to be and detailed the way that it's supposed to be and that type of stuff. Um, it definitely put me on the job site sometimes a little bit later. So um, <laughs> having to get things scanned before uh, before the concrete's put onto it. But, uh, but, you know, as far as having to go back and verify, like, right, it saves tons of time because you can go back and be like, boom, here it is, right? And not having to scan or do all these other types of things to try to get some confirmation on it. So, you know, being able to do it as far as that way definitely helps out. Um, and it's, you know, just being able to be on the site and get the information that we need in a quick manner um, is definitely really nice. Um, we utilize drone deployed on sites. So that's used anywhere from, you know, being able to provide progress photos to our owners that don't necessarily get there on site. Um, we've also utilized it to be able to back check some of our subs and things like that. So I've taken some of our 3D models that we've taken from some of our maps and are able to confirm some of the takeoffs from doing a, you know, an area analysis of it and that type of stuff too. So, Yeah, I, 
this idea of like quality of life and technology often don't really like get us. So I, maybe they do in the personal like side of life, right? It's like, hey, phones probably have increased our quality of life with connecting with individuals and staying connected in you know certain ways. But it's oftentimes you don't you don't really hear that connection over to construction, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's a lot of old, a lot of antiquated things, but technology wants to find its way into this industry, and yet now you're like overwhelmed with the amount of things that. Um, yeah, that, that you're just faced with. And I, a question I'm curious from to ask you, Todd, a little bit is like, okay, so the, these waves of, let, let's like kind of bucket technology a little bit here for just the sake of clarity. Like the first wave was kind of just this digitization of drawings, right? We were all kind of back in the day rolling out complete giant sets and, you know, mm-hmm. folding papers over and putting void and all that kind of stuff, right? Bluebeam would say oh, yeah. like, hey, that's yeah. clearly the kind of, let's call that the first wave, right? And then kind of second wave-ish was like the mobile side of it, right? It's like, okay, well, what, what if we can, uh, what if we can, you know, take that to a mobile environment? And then maybe the third wave was like, okay, now that you have this collaborative PM tool, Procores and Autodesk construction, like, the fourth wave that's kind of happening is this idea of reality capture, right? So we talked about laser scanning, we talked about drones, we talked about 360 cam. Like, tell me your thoughts on, is that kind of this next, let's just call it core program, core technology per se, in companies that like they should be considering if they've missed maybe those first two or three or they're like trying to catch up into those first two or three, does that make sense? Yeah, I definitely, um kind of looking back on all the other where we are now and how we got here definitely the the reality capture piece as we're starting to see you know it's 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 faster it's quicker um it's safer all those types of pieces we already talked about um i, I think we're going to see a lot more leverage of that um just even a couple of days ago i was having a conversation with one of our director of operations about you know that he had to go back to a project that was five years ago which is not really that long ago, um, but before we were really fully utilizing like structure site mm-hmm. um, and taking all those photos or even using drones, you know, as much as we are now. But um, he's like dove into a folder of all, oh yeah, we got photos of that site. It's like five thousand photos, all numbered in sequence. No idea. Yeah. Like oh, here's a picture of a, a hole in a wall. Okay, well, what room is that in? And so he's like. It's so crazy now with that, you know, that camera and 360, like you can pinpoint that in a, in a matter of minutes as opposed to like hours trying to figure out what this is and where it is. Um, and so it's that cost of entry is really low for that and being able to get in there and start leveraging that. And the benefit is just huge, I think. Um, and so I think uh, I think that alone is going to really propel that usage mm-hmm. um, uh, as well as, you know, the drone piece, too. I mean, um, the autonomous piece of it, the autonomous nature kind of that technical skill level that it takes to require to do this, not to say that you, you know, you know, it's easy for everybody kind of thing, but it is, it's pretty easy. You know, you go out there, you literally push a button and the drone flies off, it does its thing, comes back and lands at your feet. It's like, okay, you know, no longer do we have to be as crazy with everything that we used to have to do to, to, to really keep track of it. So. I mean, you, you've been on this journey for a while. I, I found a YouTube video this morning about eight years ago, actually with you and Miller uh, talking about BIM on the commercial real estate uh, show, if, that, yeah, yeah. If, you guys are, if you guys are listening. But, um, you know, that's been a journey. You know, you, you have these scenarios and all these, like, stories, right? But how do you qualitatively or quantitatively measure a lot of that info and like showing like this is the business impact for the business and how do you kind of translate that to an executive level who may not be hearing all these individual Mm -hmm. stories and like you know like okay yes i I see a dollar value i see it being used but what is it actually doing for us oh that's a tough one um because it's a lot of times it's that um unrecognized you know savings that's there it's that the man hours that are saved um, there are some ways to, to obviously get the, some of those metrics with understanding the amount of time that it takes to go find something. Um, we did this when we implemented Procore. It was kind of like, well, they have all these great you know, ROI metrics and everything else. And we we're like, well, gosh, if we could just save that guy you know, 30 minutes of walking from the trailer to get the drawings to the field, you know, back and forth, back and forth, or the daily report, you know, just that time savings right there, the amount of hours that's recouped and you know yeah you could do that on a dollar value and understand that 
but it was like the time savings. Like that's where I think a lot of it is, uh, where we, when we look at it and we say, this is going to save people time again, quality of life, make their life a little, make their job a little bit easier. Um, but there are those cases that you, I think to answer your question to capture, um, examples when something does happen and you're like, Oh man, construction site really saved our hide on this one. Like we had this photo and you know, there was a claim made and we were able to pull it up and, and it, I mean, it's, it's happened a few times. Like, gosh, if that had gone downstairs to legal, I mean, we're talking, you know, a lot of hours, mm-hmm. lawyers get involved. All of a sudden it's like, no, literally it disappeared within 15 minutes because we were able to, to, to pull out this information or drone photo or, 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 or kind of show the case. And it kind of just dissolves, right? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they see <laughs> that, they're happen. like, Oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, we were mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that's kind of the same from a job level too? Of like, is it, are the stories the real money making values, right? It's like, you're probably not going to track how many times you didn't have to go out to the job. You're not going to track, Hey, okay, right. start my stopwatch. And right. now I don't have to do like, is that the same at the job level too? Of like, because the question I've asked folks is like, to me, the ROI is, do you want to use it on your next job or not? Right. Would you be disappointed if you didn't have access to these tools? Oh, yeah. Job? Yeah. It's like, totally. It's a pretty basic question. Like, how, how would you kind of answer that from the job level? Yeah. And I feel it's kind of, you know, hats off to Chode and that type of stuff that we don't have to necessarily provide that type of quantitative of, hey, we use this, it saved us this and that. They just know it does. Right. And so we're not having to, I guess, defend it to be able to use these types of things. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, they are nice to have. Right. There's instances, I, I can just think of, again, lots of different stories where somebody didn't have to get up onto a ladder to check out something because we could fly a drone up and take a look at it and take a picture and show, hey, this was done or we don't have to do that type of stuff. And that's that's just been used in all sorts of circumstances where, you know, we're able to use that technology. So, you know, again, we're not having to necessarily quantify it because they've already bought in on it. So, but, you know, there's lots of stories that I could bring up of, of having these photos and videos and that type of stuff that it's just, you know, saves you time, saves you money and that type of stuff. So, So, I mean, you, you almost do serve as like this connector, you know, between what does the executive team want from this technology that we're about to spend money on? And also what does the field want from this technology? And those are almost two very things like your focus is less, how much necessarily does it cost, you know, albeit project (laughs) budget, but more necessarily like how long is it going to take me? Right, like, is this something that's going to add more time? Is this just a reporting tool to get somebody else a dashboard that is not even sitting on this project? Or is this something that is truly, like, I can use it and I will see return back? But also the return of time or the return of value needs to be so short for most people in the field because if it doesn't give you something back, probably within the first two weeks, it's like, I'm throwing this out. I'm not going to do this. I got other things to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We've... you know, stories like that of uh, where you put that technology in someone's hands and, you know, oh, I'll report, I'll check back with you in a week. And you report and like, no, no, that thing doesn't work. You know, this I, I doesn't, it does this, it does this. I'm like, oh, well, gosh, that's that's fantastic. We can go back and, you know, talk to the vendor or talk to the, the technology group and kind of figure out what we want to do differently with it uh, from a process side. Um, and I think that's where we really start to understand where those, like, again, those pain points are. I want to, um, this may, I'm turning on the right blinker here a little bit to, to cool. turn the corner, but uh, walk me through like the purchasing process of technology. Like let's take a instruction site, let's take a drone deploy, just given that that's probably relevant here. Like how did you hear about it? What was the purchasing comparison of other tools out there process? What was the buying process like? Of I'm going really deep here, but then like, I also want to get to the like, hey, like, what's it been like as a customer of those tools? Like, mm. how do you evaluate some of those things? And if they are being useful with usage and feedback from teams and working with customer success, like, let's go all the way back to the beginning and take one of those two, drone or search, it doesn't matter. But like, okay. how did you hear about it? Where are, the, where are the places that you're finding out about some of this technology? What eventually led you to get a price, kind of test it out? Like, I, I want to go back to that because... I think oftentimes people, we hear, Brian and I hear a lot, like the customer journeys of folks are so different. Mm. And and I think that sometimes hearing it from an example, like a company like Chote, uh, for, I mean, you guys get all sorts of exposure to different types of technology, but like, what is your journey essentially of looking into software, what it can do, buying it, getting it on a job, 
take it, take us through that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, we started using Struction Site in 2016, I believe. Um, and How really did you hear about it. Like, like, you know, so we're part of a, a larger kind of peer group, Citadel National Construction Group. So we have partners all across the country. Um, we, we get together on our, we have regular monthly calls and we do face to face once a year. Um, and we got together and people were talking about, Hey, you know, there's these, these new like 360 apps, you know, there were a couple that were out there kind mm-hmm. of in the market. It was pretty early. There. Mm-hmm. I think 2016. there were, I think there were two yeah. at that time. And it was kind of like, well, you have this option or this option. It was the Samsung <laughs> gear 360 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, definitely different then. And, um, and so it was, uh, well, gosh, how are we doing this now? Okay, cool. And so what we've kind of, um, our process now is really just, we would typically just micro-pilot it, essentially mm-hmm. like, all right, let's try it down on one job, just kind of see what it looks like. Can we, you know, how much is the camera? Okay, all right, let's 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 throw this, let's put this in somebody's hands like David. Like, let's give it to David and see what he thinks. Give it a try, come back, tell us what we think. Okay, yeah, there's definitely value there. And so then kind of just taking that, you know, up the ladder and, and showing here's what it does, here's what it costs, here's how we think we could deploy it at a larger scale. Um, and so those kind of mini pilots is really kind of how it started. That's pretty much everything that we've done here. So let's go to your perspective. Like, okay, talk comes to you. Hey, I just heard about this tool. Here's something that's new on the horizon. Like walk us through your mindset. Obviously, like there's a high trust and hey, I'm sure if Todd's sending me something that this has probably been vetted and kind of looked through, like what do you do with that from there? Yeah, so a lot of the way I kind of do it is they were like, hey, we got this new technology. It can be used for this, this, and this, and that type of stuff. And then I really take it out there. And, you know, as, as a project manager, right, we have field staff as well. So a lot of times it's, you know, utilizing it, showing my field guys that it can be useful. Um, and then a lot of times I, I kind of do some of the training for them as well, right, on how are they able to use it. Um, unfortunately, I'm not able to make it out of the job sites as often as what I might want to, but they're there all the time. So, you know, being able to get them excited about the technology, how to utilize the technology. So it really needs to be something that's pretty simple to be able to use. And, you know, instruction sites, one that we've used to be able to really kind of pinpoint the places that we're taking the photos. So you can go back and be like, all right, well, this was done here. Here's all this stuff and that type of stuff. So that's kind of the way that I, I utilize it as that, um, and then also try to find other case uses for it as well, right? So, yeah, it can be done for X, Y, and Z, but is there a B and C that it can be used for as mm-hmm. well um, and that type of stuff? And so that's really what I like to be able to do is to figure out other ways to be able to utilize it, not just the ways that we kind of might be marketed for, but then what are some additional ways because that's just additional money savings that we're able to use is to be able to utilize it on other aspects of it. I yep. mean, even from the field side, right? So, you know, you're probably getting approached with technology all the time. It's like, hey, do you want to try this out? But, you know, with the acquisition of Struction Site, Android and Deploy kind of, you know, starting to move towards this unified platform, mm-hmm. right? Like having both in one, like, does that resonate with you? Like, honestly, yes or no? Like, does it matter or what? I mean, any way that you can always combine to make it a little bit simpler, like it's easier for us, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's no longer two things that I have to do. I don't have to go to Struction Site and I don't have to go to Drone Deploy. I can go to one place and be able to do so anytime it's more easily kind of incorporated into something that can be done, you know, simultaneously, it saves time, saves money, right? It's one of those things. So that can definitely be useful as far as that goes. So micropilot's done. Todd, here's some feedback. Here's kind of what we're seeing. Maybe some non-traditional value things that were great. Comes back into your desk. Like, now what do we do with it? We're talking with sales maybe a little bit. We're talking with other customers, hearing what their kind of uses are, basically saying, hey, this is a good tool, what's kind of next for you? Yeah, for us then it's it's kind of coming up with that deployment plan. How do we um, how do we scale it? You know, what does that look like? Um, we start to get other parties involved, um, our, our operations side, uh, you know, how do we build this into an existing process? Um, how is that accessed? What's the, you know, how, you know, uh, how are we going to um, obtain the equipment or the, mm. the assets? Um, and, and then the big one is the training piece for us is like coming up with what that training plan is because we learned pretty early. And this is another one of those tips for people who are kind of setting down this path. Make a plan for how you're going to implement it because there are so many I can give you so many examples of where we had really great technology and we got it and we bought it. 
And then it kind of just sat on the shelf because nobody was really seeing it through. And so to really get that adoption rate up and really get people engaged and leveraging it and being able to have someone like David who's bringing the ideas back to you, um, you really have to have that that plan that sees it all the way through and then kind of keeping your finger on the pulse. You know, after it's after it's launched and going, you're like, okay, cool, we're done, yay. Yeah. Oh, well, no, you're not done. You, you still got to check in. You still got to keep your your finger on it. Um, and so for us, that was a that's a big piece is that that training component. So we we've really been focusing on that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff. I'd be curious to hear more about like that feedback loop, right? Like the internal marketing of what's getting released now, what you know, what's getting better to the teams, but also from the teams like getting that feedback back to you and kind of writing like it is, down. like is that a sounds such a silly question is that a like natural thing that just happens when hey you guys are crossing desks is there like some structure to like hey like you have pm meetings and suit meetings and you know town halls and things like that but like what are the ways in which that feedback is happening um i know i know at least for us you know our our field guys definitely let us know if they find (laughs) things useful if they find things a waste of time and that type of stuff so it's it's not hard getting the feedback from the field um, and then I think, you know, there's great communication amongst our VDC and our project managers and that type of stuff. So I think it's pretty natural that the feedback just comes back to y'all on what's working, what's not working, what's some changes, what are, you know, what's something different that we need to look at doing um, as far as that goes. Yeah, we definitely hear back when it's not um, <laughs> quicker than we do when it is. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times we're like, if we don't hear back, we're like, oh, that, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. things are going, but it's a, it is a. Uh, uh, getting that, that feedback loop and something we're building now as part of our process is kind of at the end of the job getting like a kind of just a close out like hey how did it go uh, we implemented this this and this or we used this this and this on this project um, you know was it uh, what, what what was the value there what were any issues that didn't work or mm-hmm. things that you thought were going to work that didn't or uh, things we could do better and so we just continue to try to you know sharpen that blade a little bit more every time um, and and refine it and then say, well, maybe this isn't the right tool. Maybe we need to go back and look what else is out there because this just isn't doing it for us. Um, so we've had to do that too. So you got it on a couple jobs. You got a plan together. You're kind of walking through, all right, jobs are finishing up. You're getting kind of that feedback loop. What, what are some of the like metrics? Because I want to kind of uh, maybe diverge a little bit into the, hey, I see this as a line to, to some of the exec team. Hey, I see this as a line item. We're paying for it. Maybe IT sees it, ops sees it. It's going into rates. It's hitting jaw. Like, how do you answer those questions uh, to folks as this is kind of starting to take off and grow? Yeah, so being able to track um, track usage, track adoption um, uh, is definitely key as well. Um, so something we do is same kind of thing. What what technologies that we're using on those jobs. Um, something we just did recently was to start to plug those metrics for every single project um, and for everybody able to see that. And then creating really like a, a report on that on a, on a quarterly basis okay. to kind of understand. Um, and I'd say the other thing is creating kind of those goals. Uh, for us, each office is a little bit different, different types of projects, different size, different clients. Um, Coming with what are the kind of the technology or the construction technology goals specifically for that office and saying, is it really to implement more 360 cameras? Is it more drones? Like, what are we looking to do? And kind of, you know, what is that tangible goal? Like, we want to hit, you know, we want to make sure that we were deploying uh, a greater percentage of drones on jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, by the end of the year, whatever it is, Um, to be able to actually see that and say, are we tracking? We always say, you know, uh, measure what matters. (laughs) I think was a book that we read about, about that. It's kind of be able to understand if you're not tracking it, then how are you going to know? If you're not getting that scorecard, how are you going to know where you are? So um, that helps us kind of keep our finger on it. And do you think metrics, because uh, we've heard this <laughs> many, many times, like metrics are just one of the basic indicators of like, dude, you're either using it or you're not. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're going to have stories and they're going to be great and you can get quotes from different people. But uh, I want to talk about metrics and how important it is that you can kind of um, – let's just say self-consume them. You don't have to go to the software to ask for reports and like get, you know, all that information. Like how important are dashboard customer facing dashboards to you guys at a project level of knowing like, Hey, are we actually using this? And at a kind of corporate level? Yeah, I'd say at the, at the corporate level, definitely um, just to understand, you know, are we, are we doing a good job with supporting the teams? Are we doing a good job 
the training and the rollout and, and putting the tools in their hands um, for us to, to, to kind of report on ourselves. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's really uh, uh, how we use it at, at the high level. I know, Dave, on your side, um, project level. Yeah, I mean, the usage, you know, when you take a look at it. So I guess kind of the way I kind of look at it is how many projects am I asking to go work on? And just the usage alone, right? So we have way more drone pilots that are on sites now. Just about most of our projects, I believe, have them, at least mm -hmm. our large projects. Yep. And so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm able to see the usage because I'm not being asked to go do a fly a project or something like that. We have a drone pilot that's already on there that's able to do it. So you definitely see that usage being utilized because other people are getting the training and they're being implemented onto the projects and that type of stuff. So let's kind of categorize this into reality capture a little bit more specifically, like what are some of those key usage metrics per reality capture? Meaning like, what have you guys found success in like, hey, if a job's capturing it monthly, bi-monthly, weekly, daily, like let's just talk about capture frequency for a second. Like what? Where, do you, where have you guys kind of landed with that, having seen this across so many different jobs from both the ground and the air? Like, what's what's ideal for a capture frequency that you guys have seen? Um, I know for us, it's more on like a weekly basis mm. as far as it goes. So being able to have the maps or the photos and that type of stuff. Um, and some of it will depend on the size of the projects as well, right? One of our interior projects that has a much faster pace may need to capture things a little bit more quickly. Right, so maybe it's not a drone with them, but it's one of the 360 cameras to be able to capture the rooms and how they're progressing and that type of stuff. And that could be a daily aspect mm -hmm. that goes along with it. Um, some of the projects that I've been on, it's a two-year project, right? So maybe at the beginning of it, you know, a daily isn't one of those things. Closer to a weekly, maybe a bi-weekly or that type of stuff. So a lot of it depends on the size and the pace at which that project is going to move as to what your capture frequency may need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's, you know... Um, Looking specifically at how many jobs um, uh, are, are leveraging it, um, and similar type of thing, I'd say weekly. You know, how many photos? Um, you know, when I go on a look, and it's like, gosh, this project had you know three thousand photos taken over the last so many months. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot mm -hmm. of data, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to the ones that are maybe you know a couple hundred. And it's like, well, what's going on there? So that gives us a kind of a key indicator to kind of touch base and be like, where a lot of times it's it, we're using it just for one specific point in the project mm -hmm. and and so and that's it's like well that we just needed it for this one instance you know a pre-cover you know uh, or, a, or a pre you know a post punch you know kind of thing to capture here's how the building looks we we're done you know mm -hmm. uh we can always go back and, and and see where where things were um and so that's that's been big for us yeah it's interesting when you kind of think of like your guys's jobs is almost like auditing the job like hey like from a technology standpoint it's like we don't want to just have stuff on this job that's not getting used. Like that's pointless. <laughs> like we're paying for something. No one hate. No one loves paying for something. And at the end, right. like, do we even use this? But uh, I'm I'm curious too. Uh, do you have any thoughts or questions you want to add to that? Uh, in a different way, but yeah, go, you, you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot what I was going to ask, but g go for it. Well, I I specifically want to talk about approaching technology by market sector. Mm. Right, like your hospital projects versus your commercial. Like, I mean, how do you kind of break up? I like or the do recipe you, do example. You you got to explain the recipe. Yeah, like, yeah. ingredients go, go and recipe. That. This this is gold off air, and I I hate that we didn't have record, but <laughs> it's it's always off air. That's why. <laughs> no, I mean this kind of came up uh, just from us going around. We're we're in the middle of a big initiative that we started a couple of years ago called VDC Reconstructed. Um, here it showed that it has lots of different initiatives that kind of spun off of that. But the whole idea was basically to, um, you know, to put these tools into our team's hands. We've had these, you know, great VDC managers or VDC team that were out flying the drone, we're out taking the photos, and we're like, wait a minute, you know. And I think it was one of the superintendents asked us like, hey, well, can you just leave that thing here and I'll fly it when you know when I need to use it? And we're like, why aren't we doing that? Like that's <laughs> so, like duh. Um, and so. Uh, as we started doing more of that, you know, then we started getting to the point where project teams were saying, well, um, I want to have that technology or I want to have that camera on my site. Well, it wasn't thought about early enough in the project. We didn't plan for it in the budget or, you know, we, we got feedback from our superintendents saying, I would love to use this stuff, but um, the project's DOA when it's, you know, it's my job. I can't, there's, I, I can't implement it. Um, and so, uh, so what we started thinking about was like, well, how can we, create kind of a playbook or what we just called the VDC cookbook uh, is where it kind of started. And the idea was that all these tools are essentially the ingredients. Um, and, 
you know, 360 cameras, you know, it was like the eggs and the, you know, the, the laser scanners, like the flower. And so then you would look at the individual project types. So senior living or a hospitality or whatever it is, um, industrial project and say, okay, well for that particular type of project or that sector, you know, we want to leverage scanning for this and we want to use the 360 for that. And we want to use the drones for this. Um, and, and that kind of creates your recipe. So your recipe is essentially the project type and your ingredients are basically the technologies. Um, and so the idea is that then you can almost create these, you know, uh, a, a cookbook, if you will, a VDC cookbook that shows you, uh, what to, what and how to leverage on the projects that we can then hand to someone like David and said, here's where, here's how you, here's where you should be using it on this project. Here's some other things that are available that maybe you are, are not the absolutes. Like we talked about, like mm-hmm. what are the things you absolutely should be doing on mm-hmm. the job? Uh, and that's another thing that I would say about kind of implementing this type of stuff. Um, you have to get to the mentality where it's, this is not optional. These are the things we have to be doing on every single project or this type of project, every single job needs to have this done. And and it's not an optional thing um, because if it's left to be optional, it's like, well, well, we didn't do it like that the last time. Well, let's do it. You know, we don't have to really do it this time. So um, that starts to change the culture and the mentality. Yeah. I'm curious though on, on that front of like, not making it optional can come across as like, hey, that's like very authoritative. Obviously, that's not what you guys have found here. Like, does that mindset shift? Obviously, it happens a lot over time. But like, how do you go from a, hey, you need to do this to them being like, hey, I I want to do this. Like, hey, can you leave that equipment here for us to do more frequently? Like, again, it goes back to showing the value. Really goes back to showing, um, uh, and so we internally we created a program. We rolled out um, uh, middle of last year called Contact, uh, which is an internal certification program. Uh, so we have four different levels of certification for our employees. Um, they come in and get kind of a fundamental level training that's kind of self-paced on our our uh, LMS or learning management system, and then the 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 actual Contact training to get certified is is hands-on on the job training, mm. and so we're doing it either in the office, at the job site, small group, hands-on, you're doing, you're capturing for your project, for you to use. Um, and that's when people start to go, oh man, God, yeah, this this makes a lot of sense. Um, and so um, that starts to change that culture. And so you start to go away from, this is just the way that we do work. And, um, and our leadership understands that and they say, this is the way we build. You know, so that that changes it. I love how you subtly kept in there. That's the way our leadership team like approaches it. Because no, yeah, I I just I I love that mentality because it's just like safety, right? Like absolutely. You know, your trade partners come in, do the safety training. I throw in a video and I leave. Like that just shows like your approach to like all right, check the box, video's done. Mm -hmm. It's like the same thing with the first day you join that company having technology be one of the four even certification sectors that you can have is a true story of like, this is part of the culture here. And it's more about efficiency rather than, yeah, we do technology. Yeah, we do BIM. You know, right, just right. throwing it on a pamphlet. It's fascinating. You just made me think of something of like, I've never related technology to safety in that way where it's like, I mean, think about it. Like yeah. EMR, perfect example of like what, obviously like clients look and kind of rate you at mm-hmm. from your safety perspective. There's not really a technology EMR rating, right? Other than, Hey, would you use them on the next job? And did right. you like the tools that they were bringing forth? But yeah, it's a really interesting analogy of like, it's, it's something technology can be used as a recruiting tactic. And then you get in the door and you're like, well, wait, you guys don't train me on this. Right. You don't like walk me through what this means to actually yeah. do on a job. And, and our, our, our VDC, the whole reconstructed initiative was really kind of the 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 inspiration of it was our safety program. Mm. So when we rolled out One Life years and years and years ago, and I was like, man, this is awesome. I get really did like it changed the complete culture of how we approach safety and how we want everybody to go home at the end of the day. And everybody does. Every construction company is going to tell you that, you know. But it really becomes to the point where when I drive home, I know that me picking up my cell phone. I mean, we just talked about this in our staff meeting the other day, like that's unsafe. Like if I don't get home to my kids and my family, like they're dependent upon me. So it changes your mentality. And so when I saw how our safety team implemented that, I was like, God, that's awesome. Like Mm. they changed the cult. Like 
how do we do this with VDC? How do we do this with these technologies? And so um, I years and years ago, okay, this was probably five years ago when we first kind of this whole concept was uh, initially birthed. We were like, I went to our, our safety director at the time and said, tell me how you tell did me it. everything. Like, tell me how yeah. you did this. And he literally did. He's like, it's, it's, there's no secret sauce. It's like anybody can do it. You know, there are very specific steps that you have to yeah. follow through and uh, to get that to work. But um, that was that was big for us. That's fascinating. But it is an entire company initiative, right? It's not just the safety. Yeah. It's not just the safety guy yeah. telling everyone to put their PPE on. It's you know the most senior superintendent at Hidden Sites. Like, what are you doing? You it's know? ownership. It's ownership. ownership. It's yeah. it's people taking ownership of it for themselves. This yeah. is a super dumb question, but I'm like, okay. I, my mind's kind of racing here thinking about like, cause yeah, like safety in a way really does uniquely connect the leadership team of a company and the operations level of out in the field, getting the work done. Why hasn't technology like, so go down to your guys's track. Hey, let's follow the playbook of safety, what they do, the initiatives and mm-hmm. bringing that to like, why hasn't technology kind of found that opportunity to be similar in safety? Does that make sense? Like, I've never heard that analogy before, but it like makes perfect sense that that's what's helped kind of blend these two executive level and field levels together. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, part of it is uh, understanding that how it helps them, you know? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Dave? No, yeah, I mean, I think it's that, right? Like, so construction, very different generations that come through, right? So our field guys are typically some of our more senior guys that have been here for a while. And so technology may be something that's a little bit fearful for them, right? Like they don't necessarily understand how to utilize it. They, you know, may not understand how it can be utilized in that type of stuff. And then some of the younger guys are able to show them or once you're able to give them kind of like a a way that that is going to be able to be utilized. I think that's how that type of thing gets incorporated everybody can understand safety, right? So you going home to your family, everybody kind of understands that. But then the technology component is, how is this going to save me time? How is this going to make my life easier and that type of stuff? And that's what, to me, I think has taken a little bit more time for some of our field guys to kind of wrap their heads around on how they're going to be able to utilize it. And, you know, I know my superintendent that's currently on my project now, he's wholeheartedly around the technology component. I get text messages like, hey, Where's my drone deploy map? I'm like, well, <laughs> it's still processing. Just give it a second, right? It's one faster, of those things. Faster, product, right? Yeah, faster. We, we gotta we gotta cut that one out, but yeah, edit. <laughs> so, and it, it's just one of those things that, right? Once once they see the benefits of using the technology and how they can utilize it, it really opens up their eyes to be able to leverage it. Now, it may not be necessarily something that they utilize or that they're doing, but they want somebody on their team to be able to do mm-hmm. it um, because, again, some guys just can't quite figure some things out. I think but. you're I think you're right. Like the safety piece is very natural for them. They know how to operate, you know, safely. Um, but the technology piece it's a little bit more hesitant, at least for the more of the senior. But now, you know, we have all these young, younger folks that are coming into mm-hmm. the into the industry and um and are, are more adapt to the technology. I mean they just are picking it up quick, you know? It's so fascinating. Like everyone gets safety and then on the technology side, this the I don't know why this theme is this like quality of what I mean it really is like when you think about how hard a construction job is and the grind and the grind and it starts out and you hit your groove and then you're finishing up and you want to get done like I'm gonna say honestly it's probably just like bad marketing honestly around technology because technology was always seen as like this replacer Mm. not an augmenter Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, you talk to people in the field, it's like, all right, yeah, tell me how that drone is going to build this high rise because I can bet my money that, you know, it'll help me, but it's not going to replace me because there's so many technical things that you need to know to execute something like that. And I, I would say, like, you know, safety is something that is, you know, a, and a very understood thing. Technology is one of those things where it's like, depending on what sector of the technology world you look in, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can automate, you know, checking your RFIs, or we can automate all these mm-hmm. things. It's like the word automation to me is kind of it's fuzzy. <laughs> it's fuzzy, right? Because it's like it automation to help me or to like to replace, replace me. me, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe talk about that a little bit about like how it's it's 
technologies is augmenting your teams. Like when you guys hear technology and quality of life, like what is that? How does that sound to y'all? Like, is that, is that accurate? Cause I, I do in some ways agree with Brian, like technology can, we from the software side can try to make it as flashy as it is, right? And like, you need to use this if you don't have the latest and greatest, but like in the, the day, you guys are the decision makers and like, what are we doing? Is this going to help? And is it going to be a better, like when you hear quality of life, like what is that? Does that resonate? Is that like a, is that maybe a marketing thing that technology could be doing better of like, hey, look at how this is helping the quality of life of your staff? Or is that too like bold of a... <laughs> I mean, it's just like construction is, you know, some of the best people in construction know are just great storytellers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? And it's just like the storytelling on the, in the field office. So I just don't think that story like has a very clear storytelling, like emotional connection to it. It's very more cold than anything it's like you know it's very like showing a product but it's not showing somebody's mm. saving hours and being able to go home earlier in the day or yeah. you know being able to focus more on other things so i i think it's a, a two two-way relationship you know you need someone that has open ears to receive the story but is the story going to be good to begin with i think that's what we're kind of doing with this podcast is like you know we we didn't want to just record you saying oh these are the benefits we found right yeah it's yeah just talking about your journey that's mm -hmm. pretty much what we're trying to do is is quality of life a good story to tell is how this enhances your guys's team's ability to become better builders leave sooner to go home and be with their family. like is that the right story or can it be the right maybe that's too bold quite like can it be the right story i mean i think it needs to be part of the story right sure because i mean it's you know our our field guys are the ones that really drive a lot of our projects and stuff like that and you know they're probably the ones that I wouldn't say have the worst quality of life or anything like that, right? But they're the ones that are on the site. They're the ones that are in the weather and that type of stuff. And that's a lot of what they have to deal with. So, you know, them having an understanding of how this can make something either easier on them or it can make something better, or that type of stuff. I think it's a good story to be able to tell them because, yeah, you know, Todd and myself and that type of stuff telling them that this needs to be used, but them really ad yeah. adopting it is one of those things that makes it more, I guess, utilized throughout our company um, is when our field guys can talk to each other because we have superintendent meetings and stuff like that. And them being able to tell a story on how they utilize it is going to resonate a lot more with that other superintendent versus the project manager telling them a story or something like that. And they're like, oh, well, you don't you don't understand, right? Like, you're just in the office. Like, you don't really understand what it's like to be out here in the field. But having somebody else that's lived and breathed and utilized that, I think that can definitely be yeah, I would say definitely the um, it, it's definitely part of it. Um, I think it's also our field teams look at the you know they look at these as tools. Um, it's it's no different than any of the other tools that they have mm -hmm. on site. Um, and so if you said you know oh is that you know new whatever it is you know Lowell gonna make your quality of life better? It's like well maybe yeah I don't have to manually carry that <laughs> stuff around the site anymore. That's that's kind of nice. But at the same time, I think. A lot of our project teams, and I, I definitely this hits at the heart of it. Um, you know, project managers get a lot of us, but the guys that are out there, you know, busting it on the site and the weather and the cold, you know, day in day out, early early days, late nights, kind of thing. Um, I think that's really where uh, we make the impact, the greatest impact on their quality of life. Mm. Um, and I think um, just talking with a lot of our superintendents about after they've leveraged the tool. Um, um, they see that it's making not only their life a little bit better, but it's making the project better. It's making their, because that's their, that's their, that's their trophy, right? I mean, that's, that's, they, they do all this so that at the end of the day, they can look back and say, wow, look at this thing. There was nothing here before. Look what I've created. Um, and if it made that, you know, that, uh, end, you know, that, that, that example, um, a little bit better, um, then I think that, that, you know, is, is something they want to strive for. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's so fascinating because Brian and I obviously see a lot of different like marketing messages and tactics and that's not our backgrounds. <laughs> we, yeah. We came from the field. Like we came from being customers of these tools and like, yeah, I, I think maybe the last question I have and we'll kind of wrap some things up too is like, what's the compelling, what's the compelling why that you tell uh, some of those folks as they're going through those certifications, right? Like we're sitting here, here saying like, hey, this is helping your life, better quality of life. Yeah, like yeah. 
you guys are saying to those folks like, hey, you need to use this because this is a part of our culture, this is part of our team, our process. But like, what's the extra kind of umph to get them over that hump of like, okay, I'm being told to do this, but I want to like tell myself I need to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, um, we've talked a lot about that. Like, you know, the contact certification program is, is voluntary currently, you know, for us. Um, it's, we're not forcing people to do it. It's on their own um, because it, it makes them a better uh, employee. Um, they, it makes them more valuable, um, you know, looking at, well, hey, there's a really complicated project that we need to leverage these types of tools. And, well, you're not certified to do that kind of stuff. So mm. You're not going to be on that really cool new project that we've got. Um, and so I think some of that, it's kind of their own self-motivation for their own personal goals mm-hmm. um, and achieving where they want to be. Um, and for us, I think we know that technology or construction is changing, um, how we build buildings, that this, the way that we're, we're, we built buildings 10 years ago is not how we're going to build, you know, how we're doing it now or even how we're going to do it, you know, 15, 20 years from now. And so we understand that if you look at those companies that didn't evolve, you know, Think about the blockbusters. Think about all these other yeah. companies that are out there, right? They didn't evolve and they don't exist because they didn't they didn't keep up with what's happening. And so, for us to remain relevant um, and and to keep up with the industry and keep up with um, the future, we we have to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, that's, those are kind of some of the main reasons we yeah. we felt we needed to do it. Yeah, and I mean, just for me, it's it's the why, right? So, everybody's why is a little bit different. So why this person may want to utilize or incorporate this may be a little bit different than somebody else's why. And, I, you know, as, as my role, I feel like that's part of to get their buy-in, right, is to, to understand their why. Like, what's some frustrations that they've had? How can this technology make that a little bit easier for them? So maybe it was, like you said, some of the cover-ups, right, of having to go back and remove entire walls because nobody knew where mm. outlets were, or junction boxes were, and that type of stuff. And now they can go back and pull up a picture and be like, oh, okay, it's going to be three feet up, six inches to the left of this or whatnot. And then they can pull it up, and that makes it that easier for them. So that's less of a headache for them, whereas somebody else, it could be something else. And that's, to me, how you know we get that buy-in and we have the purpose behind the things is mm-hmm. that why. Mm-hmm. And for, like I said, for everybody, it's a little bit different. I have some final, final question thoughts. You got it? You good? Okay, cool. Uh, one question I've been asking, and we'll we'll wrap it up kind of here. You guys have been so gracious with your time. Thank you guys for making so much time. Uh, what would you tell uh, some folks that are on the fence about some of this stuff? Like you guys have obviously had the, um, let's just say, sponsorship or buy-in from your exec teams and folks at that level, leadership level, and you've obviously gotten to see it at the project levels too. Like what, what advice would you give to anyone that's like, yeah, I'm hearing this? how do I take that next step? Like, how do I, what do I do with this? Because I'm either stuck or I'm either frustrated or I'm like tired. And I don't, I don't know if this is actually going to go anywhere. Like maybe Todd at your level, like what would you encourage folks at like an executive level and above maybe trying to communicate that value up the chain uh, to some folks? Yeah, I think um, a big part of it is uh, success stories of other companies. Um, talking to other folks in the industry, um, talking to your, even your competitors, like that have maybe done it and um, getting feedback from them um, and being able to say, you know, going to your, to your, to your leadership teams and saying, you know, I've researched this, this is what it is. This is the value I think it brings. Um, uh, and here's some examples of others that are like us that have done it. And, and it's, I'm not, I'm not crazy. You know, this is, this could, this will actually work. Um, kind of thing. I think that's, uh, you know, a, a good starting, starting place and start small, you know, start small, um, and, and make decisions quickly. Cause like I said, it, it don't waste your time. If it's going to be this long drawn out process, that's, we really like those small, just quick tests by like, let's get our hands on it. Let's try it out. See if the value is there. What can we do with it? How does it work? Okay. Can we, can we, can we leverage this on a larger scale? Yeah. I mean, to me, if somebody's on the fence, I would just say to try it. Right. Like you don't have to have entire company buy in on something necessarily. So maybe you try it on one project where you get, you know, you get something to be able to utilize that technology or something like that, because most people know where they've had some headaches. Right. So look at that headache, look at the technology that's out there and then try it. 
is, and that's going to be the only way to really show that it can be beneficial is for you to actually try it. Thank you again so much for hosting us. I feel like Brian and I have been on the road and <laughs> finding offices to uh, to shack up at. So thank you guys for hosting. And I, I swear, I've been looking up at these screens uh, so much too. And I love the social media ones too. Those are cool uh, for people that have tagged y'all. So uh, thank you guys again. This has yeah. been really fun. Thanks for uh, coming. Todd, David, yeah. thank you guys for having us. This has yeah. been great. Thank you guys for listening with us here on this episode. We look forward to catching you on the next one. Thanks so much. Make sure to subscribe to Built Different on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's build this community together.